Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I want to let you know about our How to Charge a Client Guide, our 54-page digital download book that will teach you how to secure more money from your clients. From working with local businesses to some of the biggest celebrities and brands in the world, I will teach you everything I've learned about charging my clients over the past 10 plus years of my career as a freelance creator. In this guide, I walk through the process of charging clients step by step, explaining exactly how I analyze, negotiate, and land higher paying job opportunities. If you're interested in making more money as a creator, head over to shopbwnc.com and get the guide now. All right, let's uh, start today's podcast episode. Welcome back to another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. Now, normally on Sundays, we release one-on-one interviews with industry-leading creatives, but this quarantine shit is fucking everything up. Uh, and we want to respect the social distancing rules and stay away from one another. So, for the time being, we present to you this new segment called Quarantine and Chill. Each episode, I call up a few of my creative homies to see how they are holding up during this lockdown and squeeze some creative tips and advice out of them to give back to all of you. So let's stop playing this fucking song so I can get a little bit more serious. <laughs> For, uh, you know, before I introduce all of today's guests. Darren, please drop that beat. First up, we have my boy Marcus Frisky joining us. Marcus is the head of influence and creative partnerships at Electronic Arts, a.k.a. EA Sports. It's in the game. Marcus has been a guest on the podcast in the past, which is Fire Flame, but today we're chatting about how at EA, they are positioning themselves to curate content during this quarantine and how independent creatives are one of the biggest assets to them, Um, aka this could be one of you guys listening at home. Uh, They need people like uh, you and I to create for them. He also talks about his personal YouTube channel, how he used that as a self-development tactic to help him build his skill sets as a speaker and presenter. The growth has been immense for him over the years, uh, but personally, I've watched the channel grow and get over 6 million video views um, with no promotion. So that's pretty dope uh, to use that as a tactic to develop you know, skills, but also to get a gang of views. Um, he also shares some really valuable knowledge that he obtained personally by the popular YouTuber, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast uh, explains some of his theories that he takes into account when creating his YouTube videos, and they really work. They work so well that he currently has over 33.7 million subscribers and over 5 billion video views. That's fucking ludicrous. Um, so anyway, it's a great conversation. Next, we have the one and only Young Bath. AKA Beth. Beth is a photographer who has traveled the world as a personal photographer for different artists. She shot major festivals such as Rolling Loud and she creates for a wide variety of brands. And today we talk about the importance of not letting the internet decide your worth or your value. Um, strategies that she uses to stay in touch with her clients and how she continues to work during the quarantine. And also towards the end, she provides an excellent tip regarding contracts and what you should be looking out for when you sign them. I know that's a very hot topic for a lot of creatives. When do I sign these contracts? What are they saying in these contracts? Uh, We get into it for a good chunk of time. So um, yeah, thank you to both Beth and Marcus for coming on the show. I'm excited for you guys to hear these conversations today. Um, If you want to support Black Window Cream, the podcast during this quarantine, text a link just fucking text a link to this episode if you found it helpful to a friend that you think would benefit from hearing this we we appreciate that and make sure to follow us on instagram at black window cream um big shout out to all of our patreon supporters who help us keep the lights on here that's awesome of you guys and if you want to check that out patreon.com slash black window cream but if this is your first time tuning the podcast 
you are probably wondering. What the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black With No Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black With No Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. All right. We out here. Marcus Frisky. Will is his middle name. Um, oh, my God. Not we'll with the Will. You. We'll see you sometime. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, dog? I'm I'm good, man. It's um, it's an, It's been an adjustment, uh, you know, just for me, for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the show must go on. As they say, um, I'm, we just talked about this, but I'm jealous because this entire time I've just, I've assumed that everyone else would just only be willing to just turn their laptop on and join the zoom call. So I've just been doing it off my laptop and now you have a crispy ass camera and and microphone hooked up and now I look like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, you know what? No free brand deals, but I got to say I'm using the Elgato cam link. So this is, um, a Sony, uh, so it's a 6,500. Right. The Sigma 30 mil 1.4 prime. Yeah, shit looks clean. And it's like, yeah. And then, of clean. course, I got the I got the Shure SM7B. And right. so, like, this is, I've been on, it's funny, I've been on calls with a lot of people at work. So, usually, you know, I'm in the office, and if we do VidCon, I do use my MacBook. Like, right. Like, I'd be using this MacBook, right? Yeah. And... And, you know, but now everybody's home and my quality like leaped up and everybody's went down. (laughs) And so I'm on all these calls. And then every time I talk, someone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Like, are you about to go live right now? Are you streaming right now? I'm just like. (laughs) But but for people who don't know, you on the side do make content for YouTube. Yeah. All right. So I've already gassed you up at the beginning, but if you want a bullet point, like uh, kind of your role at EA how would you dress it up? And then your, what you do as a creative on the side, could you kind of create like, yeah, yeah, sure. those parallels? Um, yeah. So at electronic arts, um, so I head up our, uh, influencer partnerships, like our creator partnerships, uh, um, you know, across the board. Um, you know, we work with celebrities, we work with musicians, actors, directors, writers, producers, um, you know, more on the traditional side, but also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creators. So artists, designers, uh, animators, streamers, video creators, like everything within that. So uh, essentially my team uh, works with um, anyone within that, um, you know, and at like a partnership level because like there's so much, you know, creativity and passion and like talent that just is out there. I mean, right. uh, you know, like you're one of them, like your entire community, Black No Cream uh, is that too. Um, and you know, we're, we're just trying to find people, uh, that we can partner with and just make dope stuff with. And, and, uh, you know, we're fortunate that electronic arts really cares about the creator community and sees the value of not just creating everything ourselves that, um, there's so much, um, you know, like great thought leadership. There's so much innovation that comes from just people. And so I like to think about it as like, like, like almost like crowdsource marketing, like right. user-generated content. Like that's kind of the, the that's at like the center um, of what me and my team do. Yeah, it's cool and that so, you guys are able to rely so much on the creative community and also compel. Or, 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 I guess 
you, you can give creators a platform to grow. You know what I mean? Like that was one of the first times that I was able to grow as a creative. And we've talked about it. If you don't know, listen to Marcus. Marcus has been on the podcast before, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. in the early yeah. days in a WeWork office is where we recorded that shit. Um, and me and Marcus. WeWork. We were at WeWork and shit was trash. Uh, but me and Marcus have known each other since I was in high school. So this goes way back. But what's cool is for me and my come up, you gave me an opportunity to direct a huge campaign project with Lil Dicky and Antonio Brown, Von Miller and all those dudes mm-hmm. and uh, Rob Gronkowski. And that was my first time being able to direct something at that caliber per se. Like I've done a bunch of shit, but it was always really like ghost type directing or, or, or involvement in the creative. But this was the first time of you just being like, yo, go, I trust you, like go do it. And I remember being like so nervous, like, do I have to submit a director's reel? Cause I don't really have one. You're like, nah, dude, I'm the guy. Like, it's good. Yeah. Just go do it. And I'm like, yeah, shit. it's, um, you know, like, uh, I've been at EA nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a creator before and, you know, uh, EA brought me on board and just said, you know, Hey, we're trying to be better on social. We're trying to make better videos. We're trying to have like a video content strategy. Um, but also like execute it. Right. Um, and we need people like you that are already doing it. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of went in pretty, you know, at a pretty junior level, um, because it was great opportunity. Um, but throughout the way, you know, I kind of realized like, wait a minute, there's so many more people like me that are better than me, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Like, I remember talking to you so long ago and saying like, like, look, man, if you wanted to, you could run the department here because like, you just don't understand how good you are at what you do. And this was way back then compared to people I see and people I work with they just maybe had went to a different school or had a different background or knew somebody and that's how they got in the door. Well, the beauty that like now is nine years later that like all of that is eliminated. Like anyone can be recognized. Anyone can be, can get a job anywhere. And it doesn't matter if you didn't go to college, didn't graduate. Um, If, if like you can execute, if you can create, if you can accomplish uh, these things that people want and you have like a portfolio, like a mm-hmm. true portfolio of you doing it time and time and time again, like people want to guarantee like, you know, a company like, yeah, we want to guarantee, we want to know that you can do it. Um, I already knew that you can do it. Like right. you didn't have to sell anybody because you already sold me because I already knew you. Yeah. Um, and then people trusted me because of my opinion and you know, I knew you were going to crush it right now. Sure. Of course, just like anything, I knew you were going to, learn and kind of figure some stuff out. But I knew that you had the, you had the personality and like the passion, like you'll, you'll do whatever it takes to get anything done. That's just right. part of who you are. And so I knew that even if you didn't know, you wouldn't tell me, you would go figure it out. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and like, and to be honest, that's like one of the best qualities that you want in like people you work with and people you, you know, kind of hire. No, that's a good uh, like, piece of advice. So you, you, want, you don't want people that are going to show up and be like, yeah, I can't do this. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And bullshit like, you. Okay. Well, tell me what you need to get it done then. Well, like, that's, that's the beauty of it is through, through you paying attention. And that's really what you're good at now. It's like your, your ear is so low to the ground and you're constantly 
tripping on new talent and paying attention to new talent. And people may have no idea that you're the person that could employ them for a project in the future. Um, but you're lurking, you pay attention to everyone. So you're in the seat to be able to pull the trigger on a lot of creatives, which is sick and that you've, you've really grown into that position. Obviously I saw you saw you start from the beginning. Um, so it's been dope to watch you grow that way. And then also I want to talk about you creatively on the side because we came up doing music together. Uh, this motherfucker made the fattest beats, like the beats were the shit, right? Sampling everything on 10. Uh, and then creatively video and everything started from when we went to college and all this shit. But as a creative, how have you, you know, what have you been doing lately to, uh, especially during this quarantine time, because you have this setup, you do stream, you play video games, you have a channel. He grew a channel mm-hmm. to thousands of subscribers um, with no promotion, nothing behind it, just through you know cracking the code and having studied, and, and you really learned that. And now you teach a lot to these creatives that you work with at EA and outside of EA. Um, I know I just kind of sold you on that. Are you good? Uh, you good? S- sit. So I, so six million, six million video views now up to. It's funny. I was listening to that podcast that we did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was all like, yeah, I got a couple million, couple yeah. million views, right. that's 6 million now. That's and tight. the funny thing is like, even that's like not a lot, you know, right? Like yeah. some people that just get that in one video or some people that get that in a month. But the thing is like, that is like, like, you know, I've got my real job. Then I've got like my other real job, which is like being a dad and husband. And then like, there's the hobby and the hobby is that right. Like the hobby is still trying to find a way to um, be a practitioner. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's just something I believe in. Like, you know, the, I've always had this like, this like conflict of, okay, I want to grow and have more responsibility and lead a team and help others grow. But the more you do, the further you get away from actually like getting your hands in the, in the dirt and like right. making stuff and, you know, writing scripts and all that. And so, that gave me a lot of anxiety for a while. I was like, you know, I'm not going to be this like suit dude that just like tells other people what to do and then go home and sit in the high castle or whatever. Um, And so I was like, you know what? Like I I also want to look at this as like a, like a self-improvement, you know, plan where I'm going to get home and I'm going to get better at speaking to camera. I'm going to get better at being able to be witty and on my feet because those are real skills that I'm going to need actually. Like I'm going to need to sit in front of our, CMO and he's going to ask me a t- tough question or I'm going to need to be able to use the right inflections and I don't have a dialect coach. I don't have a speak. It's like speak coach, but you know what? The internet's a great one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to tell you what you're good and what you're the, not good the, at. The harshest one. And so like, I just went full in on that and embraced it. And you said, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make any money from this. I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to complain if I get views or don't get views. I'm going to look this at self-help because right if I practice this, then I will get better over time. Yeah. And it's like one of the single greatest things that I've done create to the side underneath an alias that has no connection to EA and the people that consume my videos have no idea I work at EA. Mm -hmm. It's like so liberating too to remove like who I am and what I do and like my status from like that environment and then thread that through just getting better at like those soft skills uh, and presentation skills and speaking skills that I maybe, you know, didn't think I was that good at. Like you've always been like really good at that, but you've known me for a long time. Like I was like, I was the type of dude that would be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to get on the track because I'm nervous. Right. Be, now, if you ask me, I'm like, get me on. Yeah, like, I know. I'm throwing down bars. 
I know exactly how, like how my voice sounds. I like my voice now. Right. I was never like that, never yeah. like that. And so it's been huge, like transformation for me and um, just doing that. And so, and that, you know, I've only, uh, I started doing it a while ago, but, um, I've really only went in like kind of full send for like the last like three years doing that to the side. Right. That's fucking dope. And, and it's tight because I, I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast or if this was around the time where I remember we've had sidebar conversations where on your channel, you would always, you talk all the time and, and, and you, you, it was like a baseball channel. You're, you're playing a lot of baseball content and you're talking, Hey guys, what's up? This is Fritz, blah, 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 blah. And you're, and you're talking like that, but you would never turn a camera on you. There was always, it was always just gameplay footage and yeah. you, you never saw your face. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, show people you like, let people see people. That's what yeah. people really like. And it took you forever. And then finally you started doing it and then people could see you and you got over that fear. And it's like, it is cool to look at that as like a self-help project that's been this long-term project that's helped you grow as a creative, as a speaker, as a person, and to understand who you're, I, I guess, I not I, maybe identity, but more so like your online brand perspective, yeah, I guess. It definitely is that. It's, um, it's, it's like trying to, it's trying to close the gap between the perception of who you are mm. to other people and like who you believe yourself to be. Right. So, you know, like I said, hated my voice thought that no one didn't want to necessarily like I'm not entertaining like I don't have a personality that people want to like hang out with uh those are like imposter syndrome things that you tell yourself at least I did wow and but then like you know it's then like over time you realize like wow you I'm was really kind of not feeling myself there <laughs> dog that's and, so crazy that you like I just so setting this up for this interview, because mm -hmm. I slate this with two other creatives, um, Baith is getting on the show. She's a photographer. Is, she kills it. She works with like Rolling Loud all the time and everything like that. And she that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow morning is imposter that's syndrome funny. and having to deal with that. She just made a whole post about it. It's so weird that you just said that and that these are two ep in the same episode. Yeah. I mean, but these are these are the things that, to be honest, like every creative person deals with some aspect of this mm -hmm. because like, think about it. Your, your creative ideas is a is like some sort of, it's like a manifestation of like a part of you. You put a part of you in into it and then maybe you're inspired by someone or something else and you remix it and that then becomes an extension of you. Right. But then like someone comes in and is all judgy, especially in the age of the internet where everyone has opinion about everything and no one's there showing up to celebrate or to congratulate or just be like, yo, that was cool. And sometimes your closest friends do, and maybe you have like, you know, family and friends and, you know, your, you know, your mom or whoever it may be, but there's always those people. It's like, yo dog, you need to shut up. Or right. why do you look like this? Or bro, you're balding. And you're just like, now why you got to bring that up? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, and, and so like when that's like the situation, when, especially as a creative person, you, you see your imperfections or your insecurities through your work. Hmm. And you hope that sometimes no one, people aren't going to see it. Now you're confident in what you do. And, and sometimes you, like, at least for me, and I know you're like this too, you want to perfect it. You want to mold it until it's perfect. Hmm. But over time you realize that like, that is no way to, that is no way to, um, you know, kind of, kind of work. <clears throat> like you've got to get to a point where it's of acceptable quality and then the next project, you improve by 1% and 1% and 1%. If you try and perfect everything, just nothing never will go live. Just like you posting one video on your YouTube channel, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I had to do that. I had to do it. <laughs> I know. Marcus is the biggest uh <laughs> the biggest hater for my channel because he's always like, dog, post on your YouTube channel. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then I post one and I'm all hyped about it. And I'm asking him, like, yo, should I change the thumbnail? This, this, and that. And then I just don't post it for another six months. And he's like, you know, it's boy okay. cry wolf. I just talked right. about this in um our morning roast with Dave uh this past weekend and it was the the topic was like how to start a podcast but i think the top you know right away i was like that is the topic point that we were discussing but it goes deeper into that and the idea of like jumping you know what i mean like being willing to take the risk and start somewhere and not overanalyze things and and i i brought up the channel on that because i'm like first i'm like i want a youtube so i'm like oh i need to have a joby fucking tripod and i need to have this camera and i need to do all this type of shit and that's not true at all like i could i can literally mm-hmm. pull out my phone and start vlogging tomorrow and you're you would prove that to me by showing me like yo i made this video on the way to work and it was like this uh cinematic like little it had a fire ass beat loop play into it and it's just you on your penny board skating to work with like cool ass shots of swamps and shit and i'm just like <laughs> damn you really did and like it gets views or someone finds it and it's it's content for somebody you know what i mean but it yeah. is true like you just have to be willing to like pull the trigger and and take the leap into something without it ha- you know we all know what we want it to look like but like the podcast obviously yeah. i'm not set up like our normal podcast but if i waited till i had this office spot i would never it would have never happened i had to start in my mm-hmm. living room you know what i mean like that's just the truth. How so? How has this been affecting you? You know, you at EA, but you as a creative on the side. How does it affect you with this whole COVID shit? Like, yeah, uh, you know, how does it hit you? Perfect, perfect segue. Because what you said too, you just gave me a nice little finger roll layup to what I'm about to say. Um, now, uh, you know, I don't want anyone to take this wrong. Like everything that's happening right now is like is like truly terrible, and it's difficult. And I, I know it's hard and trust me, I understand. I'm very fortunate to still be able to work and have a job and not be at risk of losing my job. And so, you know, just kind of saying that, but yeah. like there is silver lining to what's happening here. Like our society is going to evolve in a significant way um, around being more empathetic to the situation that everybody's going in and also content people are going to understand that production quality is not content quality. Like those are, those things are not, you know, sure. There's somewhat of a correlation, but it's not one-to-one. What do you mean? Um, oh, perfect example. So, you know, you, you think about what's happening right now. Like you mm-hmm. can't do sh- production shoots, you can't shoot ads. You journalism, like, like journalists can't go to a studio and shoot. There are no, this whole idea of like all, all this a lot of high end production elements that usually become traditional television, um, you know, in film, right? Um, it's just not possible. But the show must go on. So what do you see? You see, you know, John Krasinski starting his Loved own it. new show. You see, uh, you see Gary Vee on IG Live talking to someone new every day. You see. Tory Lanez uh, doing the yeah. quarantine radio. Yeah. You see Tom Mish performing a, a quarantine session every day. You see Diplo doing a set. You see, and I think people are realizing like, wait a minute, like, like, yo, why, why haven't I done this all along? Like right. what, like why, why did I put content quality on a pedestal too much? Or why did I think production quality was the end all be all hmm. it's, it's risen. It's lo- risen. It's lowered the bar of what's acceptable from production quality, and it's allowed people to connect 
and understand that the actual quality is in the people. It's in the words. It's in the thoughts. And, and you know, like I'm, I'm on a, you know, calls all day at work and I've got my daughter running around here, jumping in my lap and I'm half the day holding, you know, Ambrose, you know, my six-year-old son while I'm on calls and everyone's like, oh, and it's like you rewind like four months ago and, pe- and like you would get scolded. Like right. that's like, oh my gosh, like why is that happening? Like, can he control his kid? It's just so funny how yeah. all of a sudden people are like, man, I really, I know what he's going through. I understand it. Like, oh, we're stuck at home. I guess this is how we have to work. And it's like, why is it not like this all the time? Like, right. it, and so it's, it's very interesting to me that, um, you know, I think at the end of this, we're going to come out of this understanding that there are different ways we can create and connect at, at like a macro level, uh, especially in like the celebrity, the musician, the entertainment space. And I also think that um, we're, we're going to be more weirdly connected to each other hmm. because we have discovered that virtual connection can be probably, if not more, uh, you know, stronger than being together in real right. life. And so that's the how it's affected me. Um, I, honestly, it's, it's, um, created more work for, for me because, you know, I work at a gaming company and, um, it, it's now an outlet for a lot of people, um, to play games. Um, it's, it's one of those things that allows you to connect with your friends and family. Um, you know, like I, I've, uh, you know, one thing that I've been doing with my team, cause this is one of the questions you asked me, like what, a, you know, as a, as a leader of a team, like what are, what are you doing to um, like bring the team closer? Well, I created our own Discord uh, Discord server, yeah. and I said, "All right, here's the rules: don't talk about work in the server. It's it is effectively a virtual digital water cooler, where it is it's envision it a virtual place where we're walking to and from the bathroom or the kitchen or to get lunch or you know our people passing by in the hall." Right. So the things that you would talk about and things you would do, put it there. And so we have like all these different like, you know, kind of groups and it's like we're sharing memes. We're just throwing in random like, fire content ideas that we get. Um, I'm asking people to talk about um, what games are doing. I created a thread that's like, it's just called a micro vlog feed. And it's like, hey, treat this like the team's personal Twitter feed or Instagram feed just post pictures or text thoughts. And it's been like one of the best things, you know, I could probably do to in this time. And I was like, dang, like, why don't I do this all along? Right. I oddly feel way more connected with my team than I did before. Mm. And it's, it's, yeah. So that's why I'm like on this like hunch that like, we're going to, we're going to change like as a, as a culture from this and probably for the better. And that's, that's kind of sad that it took, this kind of global thing to affect us in this way, but there is silver lining. So, yeah, no, that's super interesting. Is it, um, how, how do you guys, for, for those who don't know, EA invest tons and tons of money on content on all different types of avenues. And, and when it comes to a game coming out, you know, you may listening, may be familiar with Madden or NBA or any of these games, apex, all these games come out and then there's always, content that's coming out around the game to constantly promote the game. And that's working with celebrities and and doing events and doing all this shit. 
a lot of that's coming to a stop or you're getting creative with people who are doing things from home to still create ads. But for you guys who are used to doing certain like releases, like our release with uh, Dickie and, and making mm-hmm. content for Madden, it's like with that release, um, you know, we had a crew of like 60 people that I was in charge of and you guys had a bunch of people from EA that were there and Dickie's got people, all these people come. Now that can't happen. You know what I mean? It can't happen for for a while. We have no idea when this will end. So how are you guys repositioning at EA to like create new content? Obviously, hopefully you guys were sitting on some content from before this happened, but you're at a certain point, you guys are going to release a new game or whatever, and you're going to have to need content for that. How do you guys, how do you guys mm-hmm. position for that? Yeah, I, this is part of, um, I mean, this is why I said I'm getting busier because if you think about it, think about like any, like a lot of brands, think about their marketing departments and what that breaks down to. They've got their content and design department, which mm-hmm. is, you know, making video content, written content, photography, um, you know, screenshots or anything visual that way. Then the other part is like paid media. So that's surfacing that content that you make to a targeted audience that you want to reach. Right. The third department is events and earned media. So like PR or press. Uh, and the events meaning like EA Play that you've been to before or a launch party or something like that. Right. Um, and then the last bucket um, is community uh, or, you know, it, social uh, influencers, forums, um, you know, the more community building stuff. Those are really the four big pillars in like how you market modern marketing in 2020. Right. And so if you go through that, okay, well, if our content and design team or production teams, as you said, they're having a hard time doing some of that stuff in person, they have to do things virtually. They have to capture the game from home or they have to find ways to record things from home. Um, an example of that, if we just had an Apex Legends, which is a, it's a, it's a Fun uh, battle, game. free-to-play, yeah, free-to-play battle royale game. We had a competitive tournament and we had to have hosts and shoutcasters, commentators. What do we do? We sent them kits and then they pulled up a green screen just like this. And then we recorded, we piped in their Zoom feed and then programmed it on Twitch and made it look like they're in a studio, but they're in front of a green screen and it looks really good. And I was like, wow, this is, this is good. Like, like you could, if you're like, it's kind of, once again, like I said, you look at it and you're like, why don't we just do this all the time? Like Mm. it, it costs so much more money to get all these people in the same places and it's inconvenient, but I'm looking at this right now and this is amazing. Right. And so the constraints that, this pandemic is giving to us is forcing us to be more creative in how we address the same goal that we're trying to, you know, um, accomplish, which is to make creative content that connects with people. Right. And so, um, there's that part, the paid media part, relatively that doesn't change as much because you can do a lot of that digitally, a lot of it virtually, Mm -hmm. uh, but you need the content, um, earn media and events, earn media still, you know, is possible. Uh, to build stories around game releases and marketing programs and things like that. But the events part is like, like right, can't do any of that. Yeah. Um, and then in the community side, you think about who's making content. It's either the brand or us or it's people. And so why has my team got busy? Because oddly, in a snap of a fingers, almost like what felt like overnight around spring break, it went from 
EA can make all these things to we can't make anything. Who can make something? And the people that have been doing it in their homes for years, then all of a sudden became the highest quality content producers on the planet. That's crazy. And it was naturally, okay, well, let's see if we can partner with some of them to um, create things about our game, uh, help us uh, deliver um, you know, our message or um, help us drive this initiative, which is to you know, stay home um, you know, and play games and stay safe and connect that way. Right. Um, you know, to kind of, you know, uh, better the planet. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's just been, it's been really interesting. It's yeah, been it's crazy for me. It's been like, you know, creators are known for being amateur craftsmen and craftswomen. And when the bar is lowered or content becomes more acceptable, the quality of it, they're no longer amateur anymore because, you know, you're watching Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest and they're using Skype with AirPods. Right. And then you're looking at, then you're, you're watching someone like with the setup I have and you're like, yeah, that's a lot better. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why, crazy. Why can't someone tell them, why can't someone ship them an Elgato and it can't like tell them how to do <laughs> yeah. this with the you fucking know? tutorial on how to set it up. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Wow. There's a complete shift of, um, you know, uh, you know, dynamic. And I like watched mm. it happen for my eyes. And yeah. then this tidal wave of like, Hey, uh, how can we partner with our community, the creators within our community, um, you know, to create, because we can't, yeah. we can't do it flat out. Yeah. Can't do it. And, and that was that that's, it's been an intense three weeks at home trying to find a new way to work and now having, um, a, a lot of things we're trying to accomplish to continue to, um, you know, grow our games, grow our brands and grow the community. Yeah. So. Damn. That's crazy. That's dope. Um, all right. I know, I know we're way over time right now. I want to, um, we're going to talk sorry. about projects getting these like kind of, but that's what I'm saying. Like this could be, we could have a whole another segment that's just called Ben and Marcus. Cause we could fucking do this shit all day. <laughs> People will, it will benefit. Um, so two things. One, before I ask the last question yep. is, You've worked with people like Casey Neistat, David Dobrik, um, and pretty much every top YouTuber and influencer you can think of. What's some of the most like, or one piece of information that you've gained? Let's talk. Let's just talk about those two because I feel like in the YouTube space, Casey, David Dobrik, who else would there be that you would say is it like some of these top YouTuber people that have just dominated the space? I mean, a lot on the gaming side. Um, you know, I'm trying to think who 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 with your community would like resonate and land. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Um, I might not know nobody, what? and they might. Not, I, you might be surprised. I might not know, but know nobody, but they may know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the. I mean, you know, uh, we did some stuff with Peter McKinnon from Madden. Your sure. your community probably knows, probably knows yeah. Peter. Everyone loves um, because of Casey. Um, I'm trying to think who stands out. Uh, Mr. Beast, probably, sure. uh, You know, we've done a couple things with Mr. Beast. Uh, you know, his team. He's like. Jimmy is like one of the smartest men on YouTube. I tell you, like he, yeah. he, um, his approach to it, his marriage of data, uh, you know, science and creativity is like unmatched. And, um, I, I mean, I could, I could probably tell you a few things that I've heard on how they approach it that would like instantly unlock so many of people in your community's minds on like, like, wait a minute, 
that's like such a easy idea to execute against that for some reason it's right in front of you, but you don't realize like what? Uh, I figured you'd ask. I was, I was going to see if you're going to leave it for a cliffhanger for another episode. <laughs> I mean, we can, but you're hard to get a hold of. He's got two kids running around. He's got a whole Dude, company. He's oh trying to my figure gosh. Out. It's, it's hard. Like we tried to do this for two weeks. Meetings wall to wall. Um, I believe it. We, meetings wall to wall from you know 10 a.m. to 7, and then I got to be a dad, and now it's 10 o'clock. Hey, you know, that's why so. we're grateful. Honestly, I might, just because I feel like this information is so valuable, it might be better just to have, maybe I just uh, only have two of you on this episode just so it can be a little bit longer. Because the whole episode is like an hour and a half. I'm deciding in real time right now what to do. Keep, just fucking talk. Sure. Tell me. Tell okay, me. Tell, sure. me, tell me. Tell me. Okay. Tell yeah. So I, I think the, the um, I guess the, the strategy, the key strategy that, that Mr. Beast prescribes to that is super like like you're very aware that he's doing it when you understand what he's doing but for whatever reason it's like people are like what is he doing like what what like what hack or like what thing is he doing that's allowed him to do this and it's more simple than that he's essentially engaging in the remix strategy the remix strategy is very simple okay it's something that musicians learned a long time ago you take Something that works on its own independently works on its own independently. You take those things, two things together, and when you merge them, you make something new. What happens when you do that? You know two things that exactly work on their own, so you know they're proven to be successful. And then when you add them together, you know that it's going to elevate them because you're you're creating something new, hmm. but it's based off of two things that work. Now, along with the remix strategy, he threads, he flips that on its head by the two things he puts together, those two remixes, those are two things that don't belong. Okay. What, so, how, give, me exa- give me an example of this being done in real time or something that he's done in the past that we can really truly see. Mm-hmm. Two, what's okay. the remix strategy that he's done or an example of one? And then flipping on sure. his head because how's the, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So actually, let's do this. Let's pull up. Uh, I'm gonna pull up his YouTube channel. Yeah, what's the we'll look at his uh, most watched videos, and I'll tell you. And by, for anyone who doesn't know, aka my mom who listens to this podcast religiously, shout out to moms. Um, Mr. Okay. Beast is a YouTuber who's like 19 or 20, whose just dream was to be the illest YouTuber ever. And he's done it and he's had billions of views on his videos and he gives away shit tons of money and has just been killing it with his content um, to summarize who that is. But do you have yeah. an example? Okay. So I'm looking at his, his top five, uh, no top six most viewed videos. Okay. 80 million views, 61 million views, 58 million views, 57 million views, 56 million views, and then 55 million views. Okay. Here's the title of each. I put 1 million Orbeez in my friend's backyard. I donated $50,000 to Ninja. I went back to first grade for a day. I bought everything in a store challenge. Does water repellent shoes actually work? And last to leave a circle wins $10,000. So at the face level, you look at that and you're like, I mean, those are, you know, like, okay, like what's actually going on here? (laughs) But when you talk about like two things that don't belong, when you talk about 
the remix strategy. Yeah. One million Orbeez in friends back in friends backyard. Like Orbeez at the time was like a trending topic on YouTube. It was a power keyword. Any content about that would have performed well because it was it was just one of those things that people are watching a lot about. Like, you know, think of like Nerf guns. Think about like even Fortnite for, uh, you know, at times. There's just sometimes where there's a, there's our, there are zeitgeist or trending topics on YouTube that just, uh, if you could find a way to make a video about it, it, you know, gets a lot of views. Right. That's one side. On the other side, it's the, um, the scale, 100 million. That is like so outrageous. So he's taking 100 million in Orbeez and putting it together to make something new, but it's never been done before. So wild and over the top that it creates a viral, like unmissable title and thumbnail. It doesn't even matter what the video is. Now it does matter obviously to some extent, but that thumbnail and title alone tells a story that is like, is that that you can't pass up at Mm. that moment in time. Going back to uh, the second one, which is donating to Ninja. So Ninja and Fortnite, this is during the time when Ninja and Fortnite was at like, you know, most talked about, everyone knew who he was, a lot of talk about it. Ninja's a game gamer mom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's a big, big uh, gamer. He makes yeah. a shit ton of money. He's got blue hair, I think. Yeah, he does have blue hair. Yeah. Uh, and so he came in and donated $50,000, which is an insane amount of money to donate to a person on stream. Mr. Beast did, which like, like, yes, when you say donate, you're just, you're just paying them during the stream. Yeah, like, just, just straight up streaming. Here you go. Here's $50,000. Right. Okay. Everyone's like, wait, wh- wh- excuse me. Yeah. And so he's using the shock value of one tactic and marrying it with something that's trending that people are talking about, that people are wanting to watch or search for and putting those th- two things together to create this unmissable, like remixed genius. viral video that he knows is going to perform. That's now, genius. most people do this like one time a month. It's kind of like their hero content. Like they spend weeks on it, months on a huge project and they might do it, you know, like I said, once a month or once every other month. Right. And, and he essentially said, Jimmy essentially said, what if I were to do this every single video? And that's what, what got him to the top. Yeah. Cause every video is that extreme. Every video makes you feel like there's no way it's possible. He's always mm-hmm. putting pressure on people to challenge each other. The challenge factor he brings into it, which is super popular on YouTube. Yeah. That makes total sense. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So Christ. the, so the key is the framework. So for all of you and, I'm revealing the curtain a little bit on the Mr. B strategy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he doesn't get mad at me. Um, hopefully he gives us for all of you. <laughs> it's to take two things that you, uh, that you know, work, put it together. Um, but, um, those two independent things, uh, put it together. So it creates something that doesn't belong together. Hmm. Like probably this, the best example that I could give that, is one of Mr. B's video is I won a game of Fortnite in the middle of the ocean. Like, why are you gaming in the middle of the ocean? Why are you gaming in the middle of the ocean? Like ocean Fortnite, like don't belong together at all. And honestly, if you just said, I won a game of Fortnite, no one gives a fuck, but then you put it in the middle of the ocean or you flew up to outer space or you did some absurd thing. 
in the middle of the winter, you know what I mean? In the middle of like the desert or some shit like that's, and he's done something like that. He went to like, we went to the desert and yep. did X, Y, Z. And then you're just like, no, they didn't. You know what I mean? Cause everything is so impossible. The chances yep. of them doing it are so impossible, so expensive, um, which he's able to then prove the value of his content and allow brands to pay top dollar for him to do X, Y, Z in those videos. And it makes it worth it for him to do this ridiculous stunt where he's not just going into extreme debt because he just keeps raking up his black card on fucking dumb ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, of course he, you know, like, sure. Like you, you sure you talked about how he, you know, he's probably, he does, he probably spends a lot of money and he has a huge team behind yeah. him to make this stuff happen. But if you go back and look to his videos two years ago, he applied the same strategy and he did things that had no, no, like he didn't spend any money to make it happen. Right. Watching Jake Paul's everyday bro nonstop for 24 hours, reading every word in the dictionary nonstop. Like it's impossible. No one wants and, Yeah. Yeah. Not, hmm. it, it's, it, he completely found, he found a way to engineer two popular things independent on their own and remix them together. Knowing those two things don't belong. What do you say and to then, someone? What do you say to someone that that you're telling them that that's a key right there? What do you What do you say to someone that says that they can't afford to do this stunt, right? Because I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that that means just because you can't throw a hundred thousand Orbeez and pay thirty racks to buy a hundred thousand Orbeez or whatever and put it in your friend's backyard means that you can't do something that is of this same calculation that would work on a different scale. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not even about the scale, the, sc- the scale is where he took it to the next level, you know, to kind of up go at upper echelon. But what's at the core of it is remixing something, two things that don't belong together and, and engineering them in the same video. And it's, and it's sometimes way more simpler than that. Hmm. Um, you know, you could find ways to do th- things around the house and they don't belong. Right. Like, even when we're on self-isolation and quarantine. Um, now, God forbid, you don't, want to, you don't want to ruin any of your cameras or anything like that. But like, that actually would be um, an interesting way to uh, approach something uh, while you're at home. Uh, think about where your camera can almost get into a potential area of danger to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, underwater or in the air or, you know, placements, unconventional placements that you would never normally do. Right. You then challenge yourself to look at something from a different perspective. Yeah. I love that. Damn. So. Shit. This is tight. I don't know what I'm going to do because we're at 40 some minutes right now. I know. We I know. do 20. Maybe I do say that for another time. Do I split it in half? Do I say part one is this week? Next week, who catch part two? No, I, I don't know. I don't I'll figure know. it out. I'll to talk you. to Dave. I'll talk it's to Dave. To All right. No, I think it's a, yeah. What? Yeah. I'll, I'll think what I'll do. You know, I don't know if you're going to do show notes again, but I'll share some like other examples too, um, to maybe help people's like unlock their mind out. Like, Hey, it's, it's not about having a big budget. You can do this with no budget. Right. You know? Yeah. I think that's great. It, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I want to end it with you. You know, what have you been doing outside of work? that you find incredibly useful or valuable that someone else can be doing? Are you reading any new books, watching any shows, anything like that that you would suggest someone check out if they're listening to this? 
Yeah, I'm doing um, I'm doing two things. Um, well, actually, three, but the third one is not as much as I'd like to because I don't have as much free time. But you'll appreciate it, so I'll throw it to you. Okay. Uh, journaling. Um, I think journaling is um, uh, is just a it's just a good way to kind of like shorthand reflect on uh, you know mental. It's almost like it's like a form of meditation. It's kind of the way I look at it. And so um, I really like journaling. Um, secondly, um, I've really been uh, into like getting nostalgic. And so um, you're going you're gonna to laugh at this. Um, I, was, um, I was looking at TikTok mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you just, you just get surprised at like what songs go viral. And one of the songs, Ben, was by 303. And I was like, what happened to 303? Yeah, 303 is playing Mocker Union at UNI. Or they were before quarantine. Maybe they're not anymore. Maybe it got canceled, but God I don't know, man. And so I was just like, okay, let me, let me. And then I went down the deep end. I was like, man, gym class heroes. Holy crap. I forgot John Mayer is shit and hasn't released anything forever. Next thing you know, I went down this deep end of like, like listening to music that I love from 2000, 2010, that artists that just like came and like truly disappeared. Right. And, but I still like love them and wish they're still around. Yeah. Um, and so that then triggered this thing for me. And I was like, what, like, what else did I lose with the, you know, that generation, the sh- right. like 2000, 2010, then 2000, 2020. And then now we're in this next generation. Right. It's almost like two gens ago, like, you know, basically our high school and college years are now just like, just like age old history. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, man, I feel like I want to go relive that. And I just, you know, like every night I've just been like watching old music videos, listening to old songs, looking at um, old shows. And it's just been like really cool to kind of just like throw back and think about that. And it triggers so many like thoughts and emotions about what I was thinking and feeling and going through during those years crazy right I, I i do that all the time me and mark less were just talking about it the other day because uh, uh he like said something or i posted a picture that someone took of me um on a stage shooting i think it was on schoolboy q's tour and i had like a mixed drink between my feet and i just like joked about it and then um mark less hit me and was like dude i'm pretty sure i always had a drink in my hand when we were shooting like the school shows back in the day and then <laughs> we just started talking about I'm like do we need to do a zoom chat and just pull up the hard drive and look through some of this old shit because oh my god i mean we're ahead of the curve bro before any of this shit went down it i always it's weird i get in those nostalgic uh time periods where i'll just like think about i, I miss it so much i miss the way we moved because it was just different there was no cap on shit and now we're just, I feel like the hours go away much quicker and that's, there's not enough time to care about as much as I used to care about. It's so weird, but I'll live in those rabbit holes forever. And that should be, it makes me feel like super whole. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my life in any way. I wouldn't change what I do in any way. And you'd probably say the same, but yeah. I tell you, man, if we came 10 years later, I know. just like think about it I 10 know. years later, right? It would be completely different. I know it's fucking nuts, and it's, it's like nuts. I think about that all the time. It's like, dang. But it, we here and we're fucking living legends now. You yep. know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, man, I appreciate this. This was dope. Yeah. Um, anytime I get Marcus on the call, it's uh, I feel like I'm I'm glad that we have a podcast because all of our phone calls, whenever I hit you up, like go into two hour long stretches where I'm just like mad fucking inspired afterwards. I'm like, damn, everyone on earth needs to hear this shit, even if they don't know what some of the stuff we're talking about is. Uh, but thank you, bro. This has been dope. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm like a, you know, my team hears me talk all the time. And they're probably annoyed with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, from videos to podcasts, I, I really wish I had more time to just do this often. And it's funny, like I'll get on your podcast or I'll, I'll talk with other people or, you know, catch up with creators and like the talks always go this way. Um, you know, I, was, I had this like super deep, like existential talk with Collins key okay. about like the future of, um, you know, the creator industry. Like that dude is like incredibly smart. I don't know if you know who he is, but no. he, he averages 30 million views a video. God damn. He is like, you know, you might not know who he is now, but like you're going to, um, because his audience is very young and they're going to grow with him. And he is just like so smart that like, he's going to be ahead of a network one day. When networks are ready for a creator to lead it, he will be that person. Right. And we had this like deep talk about, you know, what was happening, where it was going. And I was, I walked away from it and I was like, yo, people would be ready to run through a wall if they heard this talk. Right. But unfortunately it's only for me and him and that's not bad, but, no, but yeah. at the same time, like it's like, how, how can I, how can I, record and publicize more of these like conversations that are okay to be public because there's some things that can't be right but the ones that can like how can i make that happen um, and i just haven't been able to figure it out bro gary so. b bro just get those little two dudes to follow you around and film everything and turn it into 18 different formats of content really that's what i think it comes down to because there's no other way to have a we just talked about this on the morning roast to have a podcast is so much work so much time consuming things that you have to do to make sure that the marketing makes sense make sure the clips get out yeah. make sure it's distributed otherwise it's just there sitting in the the ecosystem that no one knows about and that's like the hardest part and so you don't i don't know it's it's tough but at least we yeah. get these 40 some minutes worth of conversations with you and yeah. and i could share that shit out so thank you dog um that's it uh everyone make sure to follow markets i'll put links in the description avi anything else you want them to know Now's the time, as I'd say. If you're, if you're a creator, and I'm, I and I sympathize that you know I'm empathetic that it might be hard right now, and you're probably thinking about your family, and you think about what you're going to do to make money. Um, but like this, this is the time, and this year will be the year of the creator. I guarantee it. Hmm. Guarantee it. And if you're already listening to this podcast, if you're part of Black with No Cream, if you feel inspired or care about anything that I, that we talked about today or this entire podcast, just know that this is your shot. Like the next few months this year is going to be your shot to break through. Um, don't let it go to waste. Yes. I wish I had DJ horns on this fucking thing. That shit's bow, 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 yeah. bow, 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 bow. All right. That's it. I'm ending it right there. All right. <laughs> Yo, big shout out to Marcus Frisky. Thank you for coming on the show, bro. Um, if you guys want to follow Marcus, we have links in the description. 
per usual. Make sure to check out his YouTube channel and whatnot. But you guys should definitely dive into the episode where I interviewed him well over a year ago. That interview is very, very incredible. It's a great listen and it'll give you some really good insight from his perspective. Um, definitely check that out and let us know what you think. Next, we have Baith. Let's jump into that right fucking now. Ladies and gentlemen, Baith is on the motherfucking line. Oh no, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do this one. Could you hear it? Yeah, that's okay, sick. Good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know You're what? like a pro. We got this DJ horn shit on lock right now. What's good? How are you? What is with the stash, my dude? Oh, yeah. I should uh, probably apologize for that. I just, <laughs> I'm not going to shave it for a while and just see what, what it turns into. It's pretty No nasty. shave quarantine, right? Yeah, basically. I don't know. It's just too much effort. How are you? How, how's quarantine life for you? I'm good. I'm just in the pit out here. Yeah, you know I see I mean? that. That's nice. <laughs> Did you shoot that? I mean, what was that? Did you shoot that? Yes, I did. Nice. Lil Pump. Yeah, Lil Pump. Lil Pump. <laughs> live in action. There we go. We're back to live shows. Um, I, dude, it, you've quarantine. Been, you've been, yeah, you've been locked down, huh? Yeah. Um, definitely a lot luckier than others. I have like a quarantine group because I have a few friends who live alone. Mm. So we we selectively see each other and people might get mad for me saying that, but whatever. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Like you guys get to hang out because you yeah. know that you've all stayed quarantined yep. long enough that you're straight. Yeah. And like one of them owns a house. So like I like lived with her for two weeks Yeah, and now I'm at my house and then I have another friend who lives alone and we just like kind of bounce around and like oh. have dinner at each other's houses and stuff. And that's good. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's yeah. kind of a, it's, it's so it's so weird because you have to like be particular about that shit. And also like, it's mm. so weird to get adjusted to the rules of it. You know what I mean? But that's why I would say like me and Dave, we know that we haven't seen anybody. So then yep. we still come to the office and meet up. But that way mm-hmm. I know that the only people that you're going to run into are people at the, I mean, we're all going to get at the grocery store. That's where it's going to go down. I think, you know Bro. what I mean? That's For me, I down. went to the post office yesterday cause I've been selling shoes on eBay. Yeah. Um, just cause I have so many. Mm-hmm. And there I was just like, it's a cesspool. And like, at the same time though, the workers weren't like overly cautious. Like they were, they had a mask, but like they didn't wear gloves. Like it wasn't yeah. a real mask. And I'm like, dude, like y'all are coming into contact with so many people. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I'm like, but. yeah, it's super wild. I feel it's cool because you had made a comment yesterday when we were talking about this, about, um, well I brought up a post that you had made not too long ago talking about kind of the pressure of posting on the internet and how that can create a weird creative depression um Mm -hmm. what did you call it again you had written an article or there was an article written about it imposter syndrome imposter syndrome so this is what's crazy is last night I interviewed my homie Marcus who's like the head of social at EA and he Mm -hmm. brought up imposter syndrome and I was like wow yeah for I'm dead serious it's so crazy Um, so we talked on that topic. I feel like it'd be cool to weigh in on that. But first, I want to kind of hear how for you um, and that ties into it. Like, how has the quarantine kind of affected you and your work? Obviously, you're shooting people for a living. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Um, and yeah. that, that can no longer happen. Minus your yeah. few select friends that you kick it with, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. So how has it affected you? Um, the best way for me to describe it, it's been like a huge, like, ego killer. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that's like affecting everyone around the world. And it's the first time where we've felt that, you know what I mean? Usually it's like something happens here and then everyone feels for us, but we're all in it together. But it's kind of just like, we are no bigger than one another. And there might be some people who are still able to work and really good for them. But it's kind of something that like, I took a step back and realized that I need to figure out how to make it work for me. 
Um, I need to be able to like take this time that I never have to become a better business owner and learn about it and just trying to take it as a positive thing and realize like I shouldn't be mad that I'm not working because nobody can. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, right. Like even you, you could be in like a creative slump and be like, you know what, I can't interview people in person, so we're gonna take a break. It's fine. There's so many so much media out there anyways, but you're deciding to like tailor it. And right. I think it's just like that. Like definitely a big time of self reflection and trying to figure out how to be a better me, like so I can hit the ground running whenever things do lift. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's it's interesting because since we're not able to be creating, like there's not relevant shit to talk about and in your post you kind of talk about this feeling of you know just depression or 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 from not being able to shoot or post or you feel like that's the value of you as a creative is like what you're doing and if you're not doing shit you're not shit you know what i mean yeah and that's yeah i think a lot of creatives deal with that yeah or at least the attention like yeah if you post the first shot people have seen of Lil Nas X in a while and it's his birthday and like everyone's getting the love and Complex reposts it and it's just like it, it helps you you're like right. shit I'm, I'm dope <laughs> right 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 but, yeah, ego. yeah so, but, so then how have you dealt with that struggle like obviously it's kind of it kind of it's one thing to be like yeah alright cool I should probably like maybe focus on my taxes while I have some free time or I could really yeah, do my website yeah. or my, you know, but for the mental health side of it, what are some of the ways that you find, um, I guess battling like your self worth, if that makes sense. Um, let's see. Well, I gotta say the first few weeks when it was like really uncertain and for instance, like today I was supposed to leave for Japan, April today? 11th. Yeah, like I just had stuff in the books that was so exciting and I had hit the ground running in 2020 to have my best year financially and for that to all come to a halt and like me have this weird uncertainty about like what's next, it definitely took like a major toll as far as just like my everyday, I was walking around like what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? Mm. Like I just bought like a really dope camera and it's going to be tougher to pay it off now and stuff like that and like then worrying about your family and worrying about your friends and worrying about going to the grocery store. It just was like this like panic feeling for me. Um, but I was able to just like, I don't know, it sounds like super hippie, but be mindful, you know what I mean? Right. And take time for myself and, and just like I was saying, tailor it to something that's positive. But also just like, I don't know. I don't know if this answers your question, but like go outside is what I've been doing as like my thing. You yeah, you were, t- you were telling me that you've been doing mad hikes and traveling. Yeah. So, yeah. and you drive to great lengths to do these things. And yeah. what is that? Just like a day, a day you're going to go drive mm-hmm. like an hour and a half to go somewhere and just hike. Yeah. She says she's hiking for 10 miles in a day, yeah. people. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. I did one um, in like Coachella last week. Did you? Which is D- a far ass drive, but it's so nice out there and like. I don't know. It just clears your mind and it's good for your body. So I'll take yeah. it if I can do it. You know what I mean? No, that's great. I want to try. I told you yesterday, I want to try to get into camping and like yeah. get enough gear to be able to like just go yeah. fucking see. I don't yeah. know if I'll see stars out here in LA. Maybe now that planes are barely flying across right? the air. But um, yeah. I just feel like we're you're if you're confined to your space and we have to be and we're doing our, our due diligence to make sure that happens. There has to be like um, something you do to reset, whether it's like go on a run or walk or whatever mm-hmm. and try to like stay away from people or do some shit like that. So I feel like that's definitely a pick me up that people mm-hmm. could be taking advantage of. What were you supposed to go to Japan for? What was, what was that? Was that for work uh, or for pleasure? Yeah. For work. Uh, the struts, we were doing a tour. Oh um, really? Yeah. They're a British rock band I work with. 
Okay. Um, I had done Japan with them like maybe eight months ago and we were going back for like a second leg of it to do actual shows because we were doing festivals. Yeah. Um, and uh, Japan with them is just so fun. They just do press and they, everyone loves them and it's, it's, it's a really good group to go there with. That's and cool. plus Japan is amazing. So <laughs> Yeah, I've never been. I've never been. I want to go. I feel like Whoa. that's what's... I know, I've never been. Oh my Shit God. Sucks. I, I feel like that's what's life. crazy is like the touring world is completely rocked by this. I think I just saw Rock or not Rock Nation, um, uh, Live Nation did, did mm-hmm. you see that, that fund that they're creating for, for yeah. touring crew? F- crew? It's yeah. like f- millions. I don't remember how much they donated to, like 50, I don't want to, I don't want to be quoted Dude, on this. like. I think it was like $50 million or some shit. I, these are their people. I have a friend at Live Nation and I have friends at Interscope and stuff and just speaking with them, I'm not going to give like dates, but like, it's crazy. Things are not coming back. And you get to think like, in my head, I feel like it's going to be small businesses are going to open and you can like social distance at like a restaurant because they need the money. Right. But something like entertainment, like we're definitely going to have sports with no audience. You know what I mean? And that's going to set like the precedent for, for music. How crazy is that? Yeah. I mean, the it's already been that I'm seeing people do performances in their living room at their apartments and shit. Like, yeah, which is tight. It is tight, but then there's yeah. this whole group of people that rely on the live aspect to make Bro. their living, you know what I mean? And that's completely yeah. fucking thrown off. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is wild. Like, there's so many, like, top dog stage managers, security guards who, like, I've hit up, and they're just fucked. And they have, they, they're the type who are, like, mid-40s and have a family based on, like, being the stage manager at Insomniac or something. Right. And it's just, like, halted. And I'm sure all this stuff passed for sole proprietors and self-employed for this government assistance, but it's hard to access, man. Like it's not easy. Like I've applied to a few grants. Um, like I said, I have that camera I want to pay off and like, but at the same time there's, what was that? Have you gotten a response yet from any of the grants? Nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah. I've applied for it too. And it's, we're, we're doing a, a morning roast this week, um, with a, uh, accountant like a real accountant who's got a lot of knowledge on it. So we're going to talk. So we open it up for Q and a for people to like ask questions, what they want to, nice. you know, some of that shit. So we're going to yeah. riff with him. And I think that'll be incredibly helpful because there's just so many questions we have. We don't know what the fuck's going on. It's so They make it so confusing Oh yeah, to figure oh, yeah. this out. And it's crazy. Yeah. But as soon as it stops, yeah, you got your rent out here, yeah. which, you know, 1200, whatever it is a month that they're trying to give everyone. It's like, that shit don't cover my rent. What the fuck? I know, I know, especially you, like, bigger space, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I know, now we have this. I haven't told anyone that on the podcast yet. (laughs) And, dude, even, like, for instance, the PPP loan, which was, like, personal paycheck protection program, is basically supposed to be, like, if I have a small small business account at a bank, Mm -hmm. if I lose my wage, they're going to cover two months of that wage. So it's, like, your average salary. And Wells, it's a a forgivable loan, yeah. But... Wells Fargo ran out of that money within like two days. God damn, really? So then it's a rat race. And it like, is a rat race. Yeah, Bank of America has one. If I don't know, you probably bank with someone. I'd check into it, PPP, I'm and then Wells just Fargo, Google it. So it sounds like I'm fucked. Oh, fuck. But they're doing waves. Like, you'll see, like, yeah. everyone's doing first wave of grants, then they'll raise more money, second wave of grants right, and right, stuff. Right. But Good it's God. also like, I tweeted the other day, I feel like I'm just begging for money. It's weird. Like, it's stupid. Coming, I hate it. Yeah. 
coming back I'm capable to the ego of getting thing. money like i feel ca- i'm very capable to be working and i feel like this yeah. money is it should be for people who are in way shittier situations oh, yeah. but at the same time we you get you you build up your income and you you adjust your lifestyle accordingly and then when this shit happens and it stops and you're not able to bring in more income you're Mm -hmm. you're bleeding money you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. regardless if it you know i'm more fortunate to have like a two-bedroom apartment versus studio and there's families Mm -hmm. living in studios it's like fuck Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna run out of all my money and then what do you do you know what i mean like what happens when that happens that it's such a such a fucking weird time dude dude or even like in la swingers cafe closed um or swingers diner um, it's just like one of those iconic like Hollywood diners. Right. And they closed like a week ago. So it was only a couple weeks into this. They so like I just, but like, I just think about all those businesses who are like, maybe if uh, like a only been open for six months, now they're mm-hmm. done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't pay their rent. Now they're in like some sort of like credit situation too. Like, I know. Yeah. I feel bad because there's so many people. I want to be positive. I know, but it's like crazy when you think like how many people, there's people messaging me like, yo man, I just moved to LA. Would love to link up and get coffee. And I'm like, bro, it's, we're on lockdown. I ain't fucking talking to nobody in person. He's like, yeah, a few people have told me this. Like, oh yeah, well, whenever it's over with, like, I would love to, like, you know, they meant like at any point I would love to meet with you. But I'm like, could you imagine making your leap to LA Bro. Right when this shit hits the fan, I've, I know of several people that have done it. I'm like, damn, that's got to be brutal as fuck. Like, lock yourself into a 12 month lease, yeah. lose your job. Bro. Crazy. Also, what's crazy about that statement is this isn't going to be over. It's a virus, my guys. This shit's not going anywhere. You might get a vaccine, but that's not for another year, my dude. You know what well, I mean? It's if, like, if that. There's not going to be this date, like, May 30th, everything's normal again. Right. No, bro, like, this is for the long run. So, That's like, crazy. tailor yourself to just be a better person during it. And I don't know. Have you, but. have you adjusted, like, obviously, as a photographer, have you found a way to reach out to the brands that you normally work with to find ways that you could, you know, work with them alternatively from home? Yeah. Yeah. What, what a lot like what things? Greg was saying is, like, that's always been my mantra is just talking to people and letting them know, Hey, I'm here. How are you? Like most of the time, even if it's like an email relationship, like if I'm saying, how are you? It's like genuine. Yeah. So even if that's where the conversation is like, Hey, hope you guys are doing well. And then they're like, shit, we just laid off a ton of people. Like they're not the person to ask. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or even like, dude, it's crazy. Like the big companies are, are laying off people too. But, um, it could be the time for like, you decide to like send that pitch to like the person that you've been thinking of. Like for instance, I love like beauty and like skincare marketing. So I've been doing so much research on that on like what makes like their imagery and socials better than another. Mm. And then being like, Hey, like I'm going to reach out to them and build this deck and pitch for them. So at some point maybe we can do this, you know what I mean? Girls on the road campaign or like glam from home campaign or something where it's just like, being the brain to their idea and tailoring it to your, you know what I mean? Yeah, your, no, I love that. Cause you, you yeah. could still find a way, a creative way to make something where you're minimizing the amount of people that are going to be participating yeah. in it. You know what I mean? Where you literally mm-hmm. could just, let's all meet over here at Coachella Valley and do some shoots yeah. out and, and I'll wear a fucking hazmat suit. I need the money. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the brands yeah, need or the not marketing. even like money. It's the creative, like, I want to exercise yeah. that. Right. I want to shoot. Like, right. It's tough. I I know. I just did it the other day where I was like, I really want to shoot more. I would love to shoot more in the city of what this is right now, but I also feel responsible to not 
go do it. So yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be part of the problem. Like I, the worst thing is like I went on a jog finally for the first time in fuck forever. And this morning? I, no, I didn't. I totally bailed, and I knew I, I knew you were gonna bring this up because I. I, I stayed up late again last night. We had a bunch of shit going down with this lease. I hated it. I missed my, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to get it. Today. Are you going to, are you going to make up for it later? Yeah, I will for sure. When, when we're all done with this, I'm going to go Promise? figure something out. I swear on God right here okay. on this podcast. On <laughs> 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 God. Uh, nah, but I, when I did go for the run, like last week, I felt bad running by people especially elderly people without a mask on. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. need to necessarily need to be doing this, even though that they yeah. haven't said that we can't do that. But, and when I'm running, I would make sure I'd run like into the street to be, you know, avoid these people. But I feel like that I'm just going against the rules and I'm trying, I'm adding to the problem. And so I've been trying to find ways to just, all right, stay inside. But then it was pouring rain the other day and I was like, ah, oh, I at least want to shoot I know, someone in the tight. fucking rain. Yeah. And like, that was fun, yeah. but I'm just like popping out my yeah. door, shoot some shit, get back inside. Yeah. I don't feel that bad that I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So it is hard to get the itch taken care of Mm -hmm. when you're constrained to like all these rules and I don't know, man, it's nuts. How do you, how do you deal with getting up in the morning and like maintaining a regular schedule? Like how have you been doing that for yourself? And do you live alone right now? I live with two friends. Okay. So you got two homies with you, but. We play Dungeons and Dragons. We play Catan. We got this whole game set up over there. We we don't cook together because we do separate groceries right now. But like, it's it's been so awesome. I get yeah. so much like, you know, what I mean, someone to talk to, someone to watch a right. TV show with. So I'm really lucky. No, um, my schedule has been dope. I've been waking up earlier than normal. Yeah. Um, working out. I have like a patio, so I, I use this app and I work out and shower and then start my day working from my. I don't know if you saw my standing desk. No, I haven't seen it. What did you post on Instagram? Uh, it's funny. It's like boxes of games. Like my monitor's on a Pelican. My laptop's on like a like a FedEx box. And then okay. like my keyboard's on games. But I don't have a standing desk. so I don't have a standing desk, so I made one. I want one so bad. I, I have one and I love it. It's. I'm trying to see if I can. Oh, it's going to play a sound. Where did you post this? Oh, I see it. Hold on. Can I, can I share yeah. the screen? This would be funny. Yeah, don't share me singing to the squirrel. Oh, her accent was wild. Can you see this? Yes. Okay, tight. So we got, looks like, a couple games. (laughs) This is the most sketch shit. (laughs) But yeah, so now you can stand. That's good. Good for you. Yeah. I also Uh, put my yoga mats down, so I'm standing on, like, a cushion. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I have, like, crazy sciatic problems, so, like, I need to, like, stand. I cannot sit and work. I, honestly, I, I have I have a stand up desk and it's came in clutch, especially now that I've been doing a lot of like editing projects and things that have mm-hmm. taken me all day long. My blood flow stops in my and I fucking lose my mind because I'm like, OK, so now that I can just pop this thing up and stand up mm-hmm. for a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be dumb. People might think it's dumb, but honestly, I feel like it really helps. It is, is it is it is it hard to like um, have you created like lists or are you doing anything like that to like accomplish certain goals or, or, or anything like that? Or are you just kind of going about your day like kind of freely and just see what happens? Oh, lost a pod. Sorry. Yo, my AirPod fell out my window last night when I was like looking outside to see what a sound was. Stop. It fell out the window. I, I was really, really I have scared. the f- like first gen. So they're like the mad ghetto ones. But I mean, there's only um, two, two pairs. It's oh, that yeah, one and the new ones. I thought there was three gens. My bad. Oh, maybe there is. Um, oh, wait. Check this out. The fuck is that? Oh, my God. I hate that. It's so cute. 
You put that in your pocket? No. I have a purse. I have a Goyard purse, baby. Right. Okay, fair enough. Um, go on. What were you saying? You were saying something. Oh, lists. Um, a list, yeah. No, I'm not a lister. Not during quarantine. I have like specific projects and I have due dates and I'm just like, there's nothing else distracting me. So I'm just doing it. Right. I feel that. Is it, um, what would you say are like, uh, productive things that you've at least been doing to, to advance yourself creatively as a photographer while in this? Are you, you just said you got a new camera. Hey, what's that camera? What camera did you get? A7R4, baby. Oh, nice. Sick. (laughs) Yeah. Is it Nothing crazy, but I needed it. I mean, it's the best you can get out of that series. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. And it's right? expensive as fuck. Yeah. Do you a, like it? It was a bag, a baby bag. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. Well, what I was going to ask you is, well, I want to know if you like the camera, but do you, um, I want to know how, if you've been doing anything to advance yourself as a, a photographer, like during quarantine, is there anything that you're challenging yourself yeah. with or testing or maybe like, you you know, you normally are shooting live events, but is this a time mm-hmm. to practice lighting and shit like that? Like, what have you been mm-hmm. doing to, to stay up fresh in your game and shit? I've been, like, staying up on, like, understanding, like, entertainment law, kind of. Like, delving into contracts, reading them, figuring out, like... For instance, if someone sends me a contract, I usually have, like, a blanket statement I send back about what I want to add. Yeah. So just, like, figuring out how to most eloquently say that and making, like, a doc of, like, oh, if it's, like, a no copyright or a work for hire, then this is what I say... Like, if this is this clause, like, just kind of blanketing that. And then also working on, um, like, an LLC and stuff. And I don't have one yet, but I want to, like, copyright Baith. And I want to, you know what I mean, become right. an LLC and stuff. So just, just like, legitimize it. figuring that out. And I have the time to really look into it now, you know what I mean? Yeah, what's what's some of the main complications you find? And I'll wrap this up soon. I know we're, we're hitting 20 minutes. What, what's some no. of the complications you see um, most when dealing with contracts especially like around the festival game or like working with brands and Mm. obviously i know there's like this weird thing where creators get the contract and they could give two fucks less about it never read it sign it and then they just gave all their their rights up to someone right so what would be some advice you give to people to look for or pay attention to in a contract when when going through it that you've learned so far two things one it's usually sent to you to make you feel like it's super important They'll send it the day before. They'll send it a week before. They'll send it in such a time frame where you feel like you need to fucking sign it or you're going to lose the gig, in my opinion. I mean, I got handed a fucking contract at a gig, like in person. I had a friend, um, he was working for Conor McGregor and he was shooting the entire, like that big fight with Floyd. Right. And he had been shooting just like, like homies shooting. And on the day of the fight in Vegas, gets handed a contract for the rights of all his fucking images for the like a back backlog like one, like dating back to when he started. Wow, yeah, shit like do? that. Oh, he, he he signed it. Like you're at <laughs> yeah. the fight, yeah, my you dude. Have, you want to keep going, right? But goddamn, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, Connor's can... scary as fuck. Like his team. Like imagine his bodyguard be like, sign this. like yeah you're his photographer but like you ain't shit like compared you know what i mean but But that that's that's that's, number one that is number one and to piggyback off that that's like a situation where if you didn't you know if you're thinking yeah i want to be able to say i shot this event what they want is to say we want all that shit because we're going to make a documentary about this at some point or whatever and if you don't sign it we're going to have to probably buy that shit from you for a shit ton of money you may lose the relationship so that's where a lot of people get 
kind of caught in a bind. It's like, do I want to do oh, it yeah. all the way through and just get fucked on it and, and, you know, let them have the rights and I'll just get paid my day rate and they use yeah. it in a documentary and I can flex that later. Or do I want to come at them and be like, yeah, I'll sell it back to you for a documentary where you're going to have to pay a f- huge fucking fat licensing fee. Which isn't for me, like that's not the tactic either. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who's super businessy like that. And he always comes back with like, I want to make money. And like, dude, I'd rather like still be homies and us both get, we want, get what we want. Right. But like, um, I guess the second piece of advice was, um, most of the time they send a blanket contract. So it's what they send to everyone. It's right. the only thing they change is the fucking name and the name of the project. Right. So like they don't ex. I mean, in my, in the times I've been able to like change a contract, they send it cause it's what their lawyer sent or what they have on file. If you send back edits, most of the time they're like, yeah. And right. a lot of the time it's not something where they're going to go into the document and like change the wording, but you'll have like a verbal agreement in email with the same person you're working with. Like, Hey, these are my terms. They're like, Oh, well we don't want to revise it, but here's our yes for the four things you're asking. Right. Like, one of the biggest things I ask, especially if I'm selling like all my rights, is like I want to be able to use it if not for profit in my portfolio, like for the end of time. Like I don't want to in ten years to be like, shit, I shot that photo at Diddy, but now I can't even use it, and I don't know anyone on the team anymore. And now if I put it in a gallery, am I going to get sued? Like right. that's what I don't want. I want to be able to just have my work, and even if it's for a huge client. And like, I don't care that they have the rights. I want to be able at some point to use it for myself right? and not get sued. <laughs> did you say, did you say to be able to sell it? Is that what you said? No, I don't want to sell it. I don't not care. I always make sure like I tell them it's not for profit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. for only like, like web use or right. whatever, yeah. print Promotional use, not or for whatever. profit. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great yeah. advice. Um, well, shit, I appreciate you coming on this. this is quarantine chill, you know, this new segment. If you guys haven't heard her episode before, you need to tune into the full interview. I hate it because I, I would love to. It's weird not being able to interview people entirely, but there's just a weird disconnect. And if I'm trying to get you to tell me some deep, dark thing in your life and all of a sudden it goes, I, 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 you know, what I mean, like that shit's fucking the worst. Yeah. So I think this segment's been kind of tight for creatives to just like. It's great. Hear, hear people catch up and whatnot. Is there anything it. else you want people to know about you or anything that you're working on or anything you're excited yes. about? Stay here. What? Oh, she's, Stay there. she's getting some. Oh, she just stood up. So she's definitely not at her stand up desk. Yeah, I don't sitting, know if she can. bro. Call you can me still out. hear me. You can still hear me? She's got a plant, people. She's got a plant. I propagated this and planted it in quarantine. Really? Nice. That's so cool. you basically cut the stem and you put it, it in water till it grows roots. And when okay. it roots, you put it in potting soil. And do you give it enough sunlight a day? It's by a window right now. Swag. That's tight. Um, Swag. Is there anything... Okay, this is also what I'll ask. I'll, I'll end in. Is there anything that you would suggest to people to check out uh, that has nothing to do with work that people could do to kill some time during this that may, I mean, it could relate to work, could be a positive thing, but content that you're consuming or books or anything you found as like a good thing to soak up some knowledge? Um, I would say for like the DP director people of the world and myself who like love that, choose a director and watch their fucking watch their portfolio or whatever. I don't know mm. what the word is for that. Yeah. But like body of to really understand like, oh, this is where he started or she started and this is where that person went. Right. It's sick. Or That's, like, yeah, it's sick. for instance, people that you didn't, like there's so many celebrities who like 
screenplay and write and produce it's really interesting to see like their talent too mm. you know what i mean yeah but right. consume media in a way that's like beneficial to your work you know what i mean i like that you know? cool yeah. well thank you for coming on this i appreciate you stay safe keep <laughs> doing <dude>. that <laughs> all right later take care thank you beth for coming on the podcast we appreciate it um you're the shit your stand-up desk is pretty weak but you'll figure it out <laughs> someday uh Everyone make sure to follow her on socials. Obviously, we have links to that in the bio as well. And um, also check out her podcast interview that we had. She did that in this office here not too long ago, actually, probably a couple, uh, five months ago, maybe. So definitely give that a listen. We'll link to that below as well as Marcus's so you guys can just easily access that shit. And uh, that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let us know if you like this quarantine and chill vibe. Um, Again, the comments that we've been getting so far have been incredible. We're appreciative of everyone that's been tuning in. I just had a kid hit me actually today. I should I should just fucking play this. This is really cool. He sent me this message and I thought this was fire. Um, and I appreciate this type of shit so much. Uh, so if you guys have a chance to leave a, some sort of comment on the YouTube channel, please do so we know what's going on. Hey, Ben. Thank you for everything, man. I just want to give you your flowers while you're still here. Thanks for answering all my questions about the industry. Thanks for your platform. I really, really appreciate all you've done for the community. I really, really appreciate it. Hopefully in the near future we get to collab on some things. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm sending this out to a lot of different people and giving out personal messages. Thank you. There's a lot of crazy things been happening, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to anyone that does stuff like that. We appreciate you. And um, yeah, another Morning Roast is coming out this Wednesday. We are talking to a real accountant, um, someone that's a professional accountant that's going to weigh in on what's going on with COVID-19 for creators and how we can uh, position ourselves to win during this time, um, things that we should be looking out for. And we're doing a Q&A with the community. So you guys have been submitting your questions. We will be answering that on that morning roast. It's going to be a big one. Um, we highly suggest you check it out. And uh, and yeah, every uh, Wednesday and Sunday, we're dropping new episodes, motherfucker. So tune in. All right. Peace. peace, peace, peace.